0: Welcome to the Numbers People podcast, in partnership with HPR Consulting, a leading Sydney executive finance recruitment firm. I'm your host, Richard Holmes. In episode 11, we welcome Lana Murray. Lana is CFO of Roach Group, one of Australia's premier property development groups. Commencing her career at BDL, she has over 15 years of experience in the accounting and property industry, In her current role, she's responsible for the group's financial performance and assisting the executive chairman in the achievement of the company's strategic objectives. Prior to Roach, Lana worked for Fraser's Property Australia in a number of senior finance roles. Lana, how are you? Good to to see you again. Hi, Richard. It's great to see you as well. It's been a while. It has been a while, and I hope this year has has treated you well. I've I've known Lana for a number of years, and seen her progress um, in her old place of work, phrases Property Australia. And Lana has recently secured a CFO opportunity uh, in another business, and yeah, proud to to welcome Lana to the show. Do you want to tell us about your journey so far, Lana?
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I guess I did actually originally start in um, a traditional path. Um, at at BDO. I used to work at a chartered environment. So that's where I started my career straight from university. And I was there for, for many, many years. And then made my way up to um, senior manager and then decided to branch out. And as you mentioned, um, I was working with Fraser's. I uh, used to be Australand when I first started. I'd been there for over 10 years and then was approached um, to uh, for to be a CFO in another organisation, which is um, Roach Group, So, which I'm very um, thankful for the opportunity. It's been fantastic. So it's probably a, quite a traditional pathway because it's, mm. you know, started organisation and then going into commercial and then uh, being, you know, the I think I started as a senior senior finance manager, and then made my way to group financial control, and then it was a general manager, and now I'm CFO. So it's probably quite a traditional path, but really enjoyed it, and I've I've been very thankful for the opportunities I've been given.
0: Oh, that's that's excellent. And, and looking at your career line, you, you, you're touching it. Then it's kind of um, a kind of typical career path you've had. Was it was that through 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 choice, or or did it just eventuate that, or were, were you did you put yourself in the position to have that career career path you have?
1: I think I put myself in that position. I always knew that I had like a business kind of focus. And so I always thought, at least with the chartered environment, it provided a really solid foundation and structure to have a variety of experiences. I knew I would be dealing with a lot of different people, different clients. So that was fantastic. And I knew that, I guess, one day I wanted to become a CFO. I didn't know what it meant at the time, of course. <laughs> um, but it sounded great and as I've worked with um, many different clients quite an early age you know coming straight out of uni and working with a whole bunch of different finance teams with different clients I'd come across a lot of CFOs some that were fantastic and some that were Not so fantastic, but I I really liked what I saw. So then I knew kind of the direction I was heading into. So yes, from a relatively early age, which is you know also can be a bit unusual because people kind of swap and change because there's just so many different things you can do Mm -hmm. these
0: days. That's uh, that's good. And and what so what advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue a a career like yours, Lana?
1: I honestly think the, the starting point in that chart environment, obviously that's a very specific um, environment, but it really was a solid foundation for just setting it up. I, I love variety. and I love the change. And there were so many different parts of that. There was, you had your client base, you had your interactions with your peers. When you got to a certain level, you were managing staff. There was just so many different elements that were just so helpful, even though people might go, oh, I certainly don't want to stay in that environment. Some people do, but I thought it was fantastic and I never regret um, my time there. It was always really looked at fondly. I had you know, some fantastic partners, directors, staff that I worked with and and clients. So that is, if people were kind of on that pathway, I, I can't fault it. I think um, starting in a chartered environment is, is very helpful.
0: It's, it's good. And what, what was the catalyst for you moving on at the time?
1: It was just an element of change Um, I hadn't experienced even though I experienced many different clients uh, and different industries I just thought oh it'd be nice to be able to focus on one company I've always picked companies and I should should I say I've only kind of I've worked for BDO I've worked for phrases and I've worked for (laughs) now um, I like to pick something that I'm really passionate about Um, you know values passion is really important to me and companies that I feel like I'm really closely aligned to. So when I started BDO, that was, I wasn't just, they used the term, not just a number. And I wasn't just a number. You know, there was only a small group of graduates. And I picked that because I wanted to be making an, an impact essentially. And the same with phrases and well, Australand at the time, it was just the environment culture was so important to me um, and knowing that my values that they had a particular time frame in Australia, and they had values that really aligned with who i was um, and the people that they employed really aligned with who i was so that was important and then again i guess moving on which was kind of an unexpected change recently um, but again it, it kind of the type of company and the the people i interacted with in the early stage really kind of called out to me so that's what i kind of focus when i've tried to move on essentially is yep. um, is is that kind of alignment with my values that's
0: uh it, it's it's a, it's a very important point isn't it we i think sometimes values are just a, a quite flippant they're just words but you, you've got to have your ethics your values your morals and if they align it certainly helps doesn't it um you touched on before you've you've had some good people surrounding you at BDO you mentioned and I know Australian phrases. Has anyone influenced you the, the, the most?
1: It's interesting how we talk about the actual companies themselves mm. but I would go way back in there and I don't know, maybe this is a typical answer, but for me, um, my parents have been instrumental in my whole, I know I can always rely on them and from the very get-go, you know, when I was you know, in school and, and going through university they always had this you can do anything and um, and my the, their kind of motto to me was always like you know no one is better than you but remember that you're no better than anyone else so it was that whole equality kind of really setting that structure that foundation which um, mm. That's and I keep going back to these values. The values are so important, and that's where it all started from. So, um, my parents instilling that. um, I still look back at them, and I still speak to my my parents to this day, and talk through things with them. You know, because they're like a vault, (laughs) (laughs) information. So if I tell them anything, it's not going anywhere. But um, it's always nice to be able to bounce things off with someone you honestly, really, truly um, can. I guess, believe in, and that's where it all started from. So yeah. I had, I've had i had amazing managers and, and people that I've worked with, but I guess that was the foundation for it all. Um, I think it's funny, I'm, I keep going back to foundation, foundation. It, it is. It's kind of always the starting point for me, and then it just builds. So mm. uh, that's that's what's happened to me is, is that's the starting point. And yes, I have had amazing um, people that I've dealt with, but mm. I always go back to my parents. <laughs>
0: No, it's it's good. Oh, it's it's interesting to say that, Lana. I think every guest we've had on the show so far has said parents, family, um, is is the first uh, part of call, and um, and that's that's the thing. If if you're in the company with the right values, you're surrounded by people who should have similar values to you. Um, so it's good. Um, so you've now moved into this CFO role, Lana. What uh, what's the biggest area relating to your new role that you're most curious about, and and, and why?
1: I think. Um... Actually, it's it's basically customer preferences. The, the company I'm working for is a very diverse company um, and has many different aspects to it. And I always think customer preferences and how they link into the products or services that we're offering um, are so important and then that in turn gets shown in the numbers. So obviously me being finance-based, the fi- the numbers always tell a story, but they're always driven by customer preference. So I guess kind of trying to understand that Mm. and, you know, what the customer truly wants to be able to then go, okay, well, what are we actually offering? Um, You know, whether it's we have products and services, how can we enhance that experience? And as soon as you enhance that experience, then the numbers follow. So it's kind of like circular essentially. So I'm always kind of following Mm. that methodology and what I'm curious about is always our customers and what are they doing and, the market and how they're operating in environments like the COVID environment or at the moment and how people have reacted and how they reacted in, say, March in comparison to now is is very different. So um, it's been very interesting watching um, watching the different uh, customers in our group and how they've reacted.
0: Yeah, I, I can imagine it would be quite fascinating. But that's uh, I mean, that, that, that's a really uh, good and interesting answer, Lana, because it is, is what, what, what are your customers' experience, what do they want, and that's the... The kind of root cause you get that right and the rest kind of falls into play it's it's a great way to look at it i think sometimes finance teams get lost on that as well they just look look after the numbers and you don't really think about well what what does the customer want uh, yeah. and, and that connection across uh, across there and um, so, so going, going back to your career line i mean have you have you had any mistakes or failures um can, can you recall anything where where you've made a mistake and and what happened and what, what was the outcome of that
1: haven't had a massive mistake that has created absolute havoc on the organisations I've worked for, thank. I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one thing, and it, it, it's, I guess it's a recurring theme for me, is going back to, you know, when I was um, my first job being BDO out of university and you, you're going through your um, CA program and I'd done Exceptionally well. I was, you know, getting merits and, and doing this, and I was like, oh, you know, this is awesome. I'm getting through this, and I think at the, the last module, it used to be called integrative when I did it. I don't think it's called that anymore, but it was this last module, and I think I got really complacent. And I'll even use the word cocky and say, mm, you know, I've been doing pretty well, and I just really didn't um, put the effort in. I kind of was like, yeah, I've been fine, and this is just an integration of all of it, but. Then I failed that module, and it was a real hard hitting. Like I hadn't failed anything before, and I know that sounds like you go, like, "Well, you just do it again." But at that age, when you're really young, that kind of really imprinted in me because I had to tell my parents, and I had to tell family, and they were like, "What? You, what? You, you <laughs> failed something?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah," and but it was. The get back up attitude. Um, I had a, a friend actually that at that particular point had failed, and we just went, you know what? We're just going to kick some butt here. Essentially, I hope I'm allowed to say kick butt, but anyway. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and we That's just nice. and we came through, and we we did, and we mm-hmm. merit listed that, and we just it was kind of an experience to go. You know what? Don't get complacent. Don't think you're all that all the time. It's great to be confident, and. Um, in your own abilities but never forget where you've come from and, and the hard work it takes to get there essentially. So I've kind of always, it always is something that I remember <laughs> and that feeling of like, oh, I can't believe this, like that was so silly. But um, And as I said, it's, it's not a massive thing that, you know, mm. created havoc for any company I've worked for but for me it was a personal experience that I felt yeah. and was able to move on on from and, and learn from essentially. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's uh. I was going to say that's great, but it obviously wasn't great at the time. <laughs> I can imagine when you were younger, it's just uh, it's a bit embarrassing as well, isn't it? It's like, yes. oh, my goodness. like. Yes.
1: Uh, but,
0: yeah, that, what, what a great lesson in, uh, in complacency. I think we all get complacent at the time. Um. So working where you are now and working at, at Fraser's Property at Australand and BDO, uh, they're, they're known to have good cultures. What What does culture mean to you?
1: Culture is absolutely everything to me. Um, yeah. I guess it links again back to their whole values. I know it's kind of overused by a lot of companies, but I truly believe that. I will never stay anywhere that the culture isn't 100%, you know, and, and and that's also, that's everyone's responsibility. And me at the moment in my position, I need to be bringing in the team and being able to make sure that we're kind of all all in it together um, and we're communicating and we're being honest and transparent and, all those kind of key words that everyone, but I truly believe in it. That that's what it's all about. Is this whole culture aspect? Because if it's if you don't have the people and on your side and working together for the same goal, you've got nothing essentially at the, the day. Because you'll have one person going off here and another going off there. And I mean, you've you can see it yourself. You've seen it in different organisations. Mm-hmm. Go, wow! I would never want to work there because I can. You can see that the people don't work um, particularly well together but um i've been very very lucky that uh where i have the people have been amazing um and hence why i've kind of stayed for quite some time and i haven't swapped and changed a lot yeah. um, in my career but yeah culture absolutely everything um That's yeah, true
0: isn't it i think if you get the culture right and the people right the the rest falls into place doesn't it and the customers
1: exactly <laughs> customers people and then you've got everything you're on top of the world
0: yeah. sounds so easy doesn't it sounds so easy <laughs> And um in, in terms of your career you, you, you since I've known Yolanda, you Lana you've you, you come across as positive and optimistic. What, what's been um, and, and you, in, you genuinely enjoy what you do what's what's been the favorite thing about your career when the, when you reflect back?
1: I think because I'm a people person, I love interacting with different people and uh, different scenarios, um, uh, the different industries that I worked in my first um, part of my career. Even the bad experiences, like I've, you know, you have, I have had people that I've dealt with that I've been just, you know, we we just haven't meshed well. But at the end of it, I've kind of gone, okay, I've actually learned something that, and I can move on for from it. So it's it's definitely the people again. I think every time you interact with someone, you can have you can have a bad experience. They can be, you know, someone that's just not interested in dealing with you, or someone that's you know, just doesn't have the same alignment um, as you, but at the end of the day, I just kind of think, well, I can definitely learn from this and try and, and, and change the situation around. So I've had, I've had it a few times with um, even different staff members having interactions with them. And, um, you know, I've said something, having the best intentions, they've said something and meant something else. And when we've chatted about it and communicated about it, mm. it was like a light bulb going, OK, I get it. I get it. Um, just need to change that tack there because not everyone's going to think exactly the same way as I do. Um, so yeah, definitely the people, yeah, yeah yes. and all the interactions.
0: And it, it goes back to your point when when you were talking about culture, that transparency as well, and just being—I mean, it's, it's so important, isn't it? Just that we're all on the same page. And it's uh, it's interesting how like it gets, gets lost with communication, doesn't
1: it? It's just—I guess every single person is just so different. So. Mm. Um, A lot of the courses that I was very um, privileged to attend, you know, um, senior management courses that had focused on, you know, different people's personality types and how they learn, how they pick up information, how body cues and, um, you know, when you're working in organisations that have international kind of cultures, it's all really important to try and understand that. We're not going to know it all, but at least if we can kind of have an understanding of it all, it really helps.
0: (laughs) Oh, definitely, definitely. And, um, Going back to, to finance teams, and, and you've, you've obviously seen a lot of finance evolve over the years. Um, now, now in your new role, if you, if you had the extra budget to spend on your, on your team, how, how, how would you spend it and why?
1: I would spend it on, I guess, because systems and processes, they're always so expensive. Mm. Uh, You you can go to the nth degree. You can always be spending money on like IT processes and things like that. But yeah, any kind of additional uh, funds I would (laughs) love to spend towards updating and creating efficiencies and... Um, just, you know, being the best you can because mm. I think sometimes you get involved in the processes and what you're doing that you can't take a step back and actually have just think. Um, I remember speaking to one of um, my career coaches Um and he would always said that, you know, it's really important to take the time to step back and just be able to think sometimes and not be carried away with the every day and I've got to be here, I've got to be there. So, yeah, definitely being able to spend it on systems and processes allows people to take a step back because, you know, there's... Mm. You know, things like the artificial intelligence that, that's, you know, in the, the marketplace now and those kind of things will make life a lot easier. I mean, I know people could say, oh, they're taking people's jobs away. But well, if we think about it a different way and say that that's going to make the particular tasks a little bit easier and we can focus on bigger and better things.
0: Yeah, that's all. Oh, I, I completely agree with you there because it's, you touched on it a couple of times with finance, it's about communication. The more we can communicate and get the message out, the better it's all going to be, and uh, and, and with, uh, as you said, AI and automation, it's it's only going to get easier you think um, over over the years. And uh, so, with the, uh, I can imagine a role like yours, Lana, you, you, you gets stressful at times. When you get overwhelmed, what what do you do? I literally breathe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. yeah and 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 just it's literally taking yourself away from that situation and taking deep breaths and people go oh that's just so you know basic <laughs> but it really does help you know I, I used to do it when i did exams and 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 things like that and you just kind of just close your eyes you take a few deep breaths and then i also think, think to myself it's that positive self talk and say what is the worst that's going to happen here? Um, and I, I guess I can say this because we're in a finance podcast, but I was like, we're not, no one's going to die today if we get this number wrong. So <laughs> you can't say that in a medical profession, but <laughs> yeah. at least in finance you can say, you, can you say know, what's it, the yeah. worst that's going to happen? something here goes wrong, we'll fix it, it'll be fine. Yeah. So just taking a step back and breathing I happen, yeah. very helpful. <laughs>
0: No, it's. I, it, do you know what? That's great advice. I remember I interviewed a candidate a few years ago, and, and this uh, lady, she was she was nervous. Um, you, you could just tell, and, um, and 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 we sat down and said, "Oh look, just take, take a breath." And I, I kind of went through some like breathing exercises. <laughs> and she just it's like she, it just flicks and she changed. I was like, "Wow!" Like I think people, especially when they, when they interview, it's a kind of pressurized situation. You put all this pressure on themselves. When well, really, just uh, just take a breath. It's uh, it's good advice. Yeah, isn't it? And um, so, with um, um, looking at, at your background and working where, where you have done, what's what's improved your your working life the most? I mean, you've seen the improvement of systems, people. Has it is it been systems? Has it been resource departments? What what do you think has improved your working life the most?
1: I think um, a big focus has been on flexibility in the workplace. Mm. So that has immensely helped me. I have two small children. And I have a very supportive husband that also works full-time. So this flexibility, and and I've spoken to people that talk about even this COVID times, if their work environment hadn't been flexible, it had to be flexible because of COVID Mm. um, and people can see the benefits now. There's a balance, um, clearly, (laughs) you know being able to that whole culture is important from a face-to-face and still getting together with people, but the flexibility of people being able to, say, work from home or work different hours or work and be able to go to an appointment or that has mm. been, it's, it's life-changing because if you don't have that, it's very difficult to, to balance everything. Mm. Um, life is so busy. People have families and children and hobbies and activities and and work. It's just it's full on. So... I think um, with employers being and managers being just aware of mm. their staff's other requirements just makes yeah. them more balanced and better performers. Yeah, it's it,
0: it, it's true, isn't it? I think flexibility has come on a lot in just the last few years. And I think the, the, there's a silver lining to everything. And I think with COVID, that flexibility, it's been enforced working from home. I think it's, it's only going to be a good thing. And I think the challenge companies are going to face is, that transition back to the office and, and how how they accommodate that because everyone's got individual circumstances. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, see how it pans out. But it's um, it's interesting, Lord Alan. I mean, I, I remember when COVID kicked off, the amount of companies that were so unprepared they didn't have anyone working from home, no flexible work arrangements, and they were literally just getting together and like, "How do we do this?" And it's <laughs> it really kind of gave them a kick up uh, kick up the backside to, to get it going, which can
1: only can only be a good thing, I think. It is good because I don't, yeah, exactly. People wouldn't have thought about it. And if they didn't have this, they wouldn't have thought about it either. So uh, i just been kind of a change in mentality, which has been fantastic in, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely. It's uh, it's good. And uh, and and uh, as I touch on Lana, you, 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 since I've known you're always being a positive and happy person, like what what makes you happy? Is it is it that that balance between life and work? Because it looks like you you enjoy your job as well and you, you enjoy being at work.
1: I do. I do. I, I think... Um, it's a mentality of, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of like, you know, female and and quality and all that kind of stuff. But it's really, it was really, it's really important to me to have that flexibility because, you know, my family is everything to me. But I'm also, I love working um, and I couldn't, I need to have both. So, um that makes me happy, being able to, to balance that and and be busy and be able to be able to manage that, um, and that's all because of the, all the interactions that I've had with great employers, um, and great staff I've always worked with. Um, I've just I've been really blessed because that that makes me very happy. Um, so yeah,
0: that's good. And it's it's interesting what you said there, Lana. It is about being being happy at work and enjoying what you do, isn't it? I mean, the nature of uh, if, if the recruitment industry where I work, I see people who are deeply unhappy where they work, and I just think it's it's just a job. Come on, go <laughs> get a different one. I know it's obviously a lot. It's not as easy as that, but it's if you've got to enjoy where you work, don't you? If if you don't enjoy where you work, it affects your home life, your relationships, everything. So it's exactly. it's about being happy. And uh, and I, I genuinely believe that you, you can be happy at work, like you said, if you're surrounded by the right people, have that right balance. It's uh, kind of gets you out of bed in the morning. Well, apart from the kids.
1: <laughs> so it's, um... I do, yes. <laughs> so I think if you kind of work really well, and it comes back to that communication with your staff and understanding um, that everyone's different. Mm. Um, People can be happy and and having that honest conversation with people that if they're unhappy you can say guys you need to have um a look around mm. um it's yeah a bit taboo people are oh i don't want you leaving no no how dare you go and speak to a recruiter mm. um no you need to go and speak to recruiters. know what's yep. out there know what you're worth and um
0: yep. that's good and, and and lana that's that's leadership right there isn't it having that, those open conversations with the people you work with. I think that's, uh, that's part of the leadership textbook right there. It's it's just disappointing that a lot of companies, well, a lot of employees don't have that relationship with a manager where they, I've been with this company a while and they just want to tell you the truth out looking, but they're, they're too scared to do so. It's, it's quite sad really, but it's, uh, it's good. But, um, but hey, Lana, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the, the podcast. I think you've been a, a great guest and offered some really good advice there. And um, look, uh, all the best with the, with the new role. It's going to be, exciting and interesting for you over the next uh, few years and um and look we'll we'll have to have you on the on the podcast in a, in a couple of years time as well see how you've how you've developed in that time period that'd be uh, great
1: thank you thank you so it. much for having it me it's been fantastic thank
0: you excellent cheers lana
1: thanks bye
0: bye now bye